Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, this is Thad from the History Dweebs podcast. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Black Cat and Me. If you'd like the link to their Etsy shop, go to historydweebs.org, and you can find it there. Also on our website, historydweebs.org, is a link to our Patreon site if you'd like to donate and support the show. As always, thank you for your support, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. Welcome to History Dudes. I am Tim. Welcome to the podcast where we take a lighthearted look at the dark side of history. Today, we're going to talk about the Beekman Hill murders. Ooh. Or alternately called Madness and the Muse. Ooh, I like that. Colonel, you, I know, Colonel have you been I've been there. Oh, before? I, well, I have. I've been amused a number of times, Timmy. Um, <laughs> a muse, M-U-S-E. Oh, a muse. Um, I, yeah. I have been amused. Um, uh, I don't want to drop names here, but you might have heard of an album, uh, Tapestry, Carol King. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That one. Uh, you was, you, you're, you so vain, you're so vain, some people think that might be about the colonel, Timmy. I was just a wee little lad, but you know, I I was pretty pretty sure of myself back in those days. Now, you know, Colonel, I you know, I have to admit when uh, when when I hear that song, I really don't think of you, but it, it's it does make sense when you. Stop well, she was a bitter woman it. to me. You know, I'm not really a vain man, but she didn't like you know. She didn't like it when you went up to Saratoga and your horse naturally won. Right. Yeah. And I flew my living to Nova Scotia to see the total yeah. eclipse of the sun, Timmy. Yeah, she she didn't like that either. No. It sounded like she was a jealous bitch. She was really jealous. She was really jealous. Uh, let me remind everyone that we are a true crime comedy podcast. We use adult language. We swear like a motherfucker, Colonel. Oh, goddamn right we do. Hey, you Fucking know, Timmy, egg. you know what I always wonder, though? When people say... Have you ever listened to history dweebs? And, they, and then the other person will say, no, what is it? How many people do you think say, 
of their true crime comedy podcast. <clears throat> I, you know, I don't know. I, don't <laughs> yeah. know what you say. I think it's few. I think it's few. few, few. I How think they say, say it's like, I think it's like heroin. I mean, it makes you feel good. It's not necessarily good for you. You know, people right. keep coming back, but, yeah. you know. They're chasing the dragon. We, like we, when they heard that, they heard that Santana episode, Sultana episode, correct? Oh, and they could, they were hooked, Timmy. We're basically. And, and been chasing the dragon ever we're since. We're a rock, Timmy. We're a meth, we're a rock of podcasting. Yes. We're, we're, we, we we're basically we do a not dopamine delivery system is what we, we are. We don't endorse. Yeah. We don't judge, but we don't endorse using drugs. It's like that. We're like that minute or 20 seconds right before you climax. You know, when you can't, when you can't, can't, just can't reach over and grab that sock in time. <laughs> right. When your face gets all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. us. That's us. I chipped a tooth doing that one time, Timmy. If that had a face, Colonel, it would be his truth. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty bad. That's about as accurate a description as I've ever heard, Timmy. <laughs> we are joined this week. History dweeb, those five seconds before climax. That's that's it right there. <laughs> and when you're done, there's that. Self-loathing you know and shame. Yeah, yes, <laughs> you know, yes, Because yes. you got the you got the girl that was two a.m. at the bar. You don't know her, and you don't want your friends to know about her, and her friends don't want them to know about you. And uh, and then you got to clean that shit up, or you're going to lay in it in a wet spot all night. Oh, I don't stay around that long. <laughs> but no, I've climbed out windows. I've done uh, fire escapes. I've Made ladder, made a rope out of sheets. Yeah, you just escape. You don't let. You don't stick around, Timmy. That was your mistake, Timmy. Because you never know. You never know. Escape through the air ducts. So you need to get out. I've done my job. Well, let me say this: we have a lovely guest with us today who joins us from time to time, and she always gets rave reviews. And that's our little Cornhusker, the lady who is known as the, our girl next door, Shelly. Our girl next door, if you live next to Three Mile Island, Timmy. <laughs> How are you today, Shelly? I'm I'm doing well today. I would not describe history dweebs as the few seconds before climax. Um, that would not be my description. My description would be when you taste a new food and you're just not sure about it and you keep eating it, but you you're still not sure about it, but you find yourself continuously buying, but you never really know how you feel about it. I would say I would say it's more like that because, you know. Well, you I mean that I was wondering Colonel who wrote that review. Now we know. Yeah, yeah. You know what we are? We're a banana splitter podcasting, Timmy, cuz you know walking up there, 
You're like, I shouldn't do this. No way. I shouldn't do it. I shouldn't do it. I shouldn't do it. You get it and you're like, mm, mm, mm. Then you're done with it and you're like, I wish I wouldn't have done that. Yeah. But then, you know what? The next time you're ordering the same banana split, Timmy. Yeah. It's like it tastes good, but I really regret what's in it. You know? (laughs) Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Yeah. That is. you, you, you You know, the girl next door is a good description for the girl. Um, I thought so too. She's very lovely. She's from, you know, the heartland of America, the great land she, of corn. You know, yeah, she had a fling. She had a fling with a carny. Yeah, she had a and, number of them. Um, she's a girl next door. If you live next door to Mount Saint Helens, Timmy, she's the girl next door. If you live next door to Chernobyl, you know, wow. and, and I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why. Now, Can you Shelley, feel the love, Shelly? Can you? You're lovely. You you're a lovely girl. Yeah. And I think of all people, Shelly, of all people, you'll say I would do. You could say I would do anything for you, and you know that because you have asked me to do that. At the latest DweebCon, when I was looking for a farm at 24 our pharmacy at 12 a.m. But anyway. Thank you for throwing out a, my eternal obligation out there in the Did I just think you were just violating HIPAA? Did I violate HIPAA law? Um, so, you know, Shelly's one of those people that you say, if there's anything I can do for you, you let me know. She thinks <laughs> you mean know. that shit. <laughs> you know, she thinks you actually mean that shit. And uh well, I think you need to explain that backstory. Well, that's because she's from the heartland. Well, but here's the thing. Now we know the derogatory term for women that, you know, are a little pushy and whatever is a Karen, right? Mm-hmm. Is a Karen. Now, she's not a Karen. She's worse than a Karen to me. She's worse than a Karen, and this is why I can't believe yeah, that. This is why I don't want her as a neighbor. She's a chatty Kathy, Timmy. A chatty Kathy. Who? Chatty Kathy. I see. I just don't see that and, about her. Oh yeah, she's overly friendly. You know, she mm-hmm. talks to you. She says hello. She kind of engages you, like, "Hey, how was your day?" Whatever. Ain't no man, you know, because we work hard, Timmy. You know, we work hard. Mm-hmm. And ain't no man wants to get out of his car, be walking down the sidewalk, just hoping to see his dog. You know, that's all you want. End of the mm-hmm. day to see a dog. And then you got a chatty Kathy waiting for you, Timmy. But isn't that just being feel, Midwestern, though? I feel like it's this being, might be based on a true story of your personal experiences. So I sincerely hope you have no neighbors that listen to the show because this feels very I don't personal. care. I hope they do. Any of my neighbors, if you're listening, when I'm getting out of my car from work, I'm trying to make a beeline for the house. Just leave me alone. Leave me alone. Don't talk to me. Don't ask me how my day was. You don't care how my day was. Nobody cares how my day was. Just let me get into my goddamn dogs. All I want to do is see Rudy and Bo looking up at me like, Oh, my day's made now because you're home, Daddy. That's all I want to see. I don't want to talk yeah, to I'm you d- about your cousin's skin cancer, basal cell shit. 
I don't care. I just want to see my pups, you know? I'm definitely the one well. that's chatty and wordy here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, Colonel. I, you know, I think, I mean, Shelly is always very nice to come on here and fill in, you know, every time Brandy, you know, has another setback, falls off the wagon. Mm-hmm. Arrested. She's always very, uh, Shelly's always very nice to come on here and, and uh, record with us. So and today I think really she early, be a little too. Bit nicer. I well, mean, it's barely say, up where she lives. It's like yesterday there. Did she, uh, <laughs> I will say she's the one woman at DweebCon who proclaimed what a wonderful and kind and lovely sweet man that I was to me. Now, that took a proper dose of fentanyl to get her there. <laughs> there's nothing like driving home with Shelly on fentanyl, Timmy. That's, uh... <laughs> okay, you need to explain that. So the, I went to DweebCon. Unfortunately, I probably shouldn't have gone to DweebCon because I wasn't feeling my best. Ended up really not feeling the best. Um, had to stay a couple of days extra. Ended up in the hospital. And... The colonel very kindly helped get my medicine to me and made sure that I had what I need. Um, And the Airbnb person was wonderful and worked with me and everything was good. Um, Timmy and Leanne offered to help me. I mean, it was everyone was very, very kind. So thank you. You are all gods among men. Well, I'm just I'm just sad you got sick during DweebCon, although I can real after you know, hanging around with those people, I mean I can't yeah. Christ, I oh, yeah. See, you, you gotta know. wear a full felt, body condom or you're gonna walk I away felt with so something. So bad because I couldn't spend time with everybody and talk to everyone, but it got pretty bad. Believe me, no one would have wanted me around in that state. So but well, here I am. Are you feeling are you feeling better now? Yep, I'm upright oh, and moving good. forward and good. Yep. And I'm and I remember that you weren't and, the only one that had a problem at DweebCon. So Saturday night, I'm walking back to, we're getting ready to have LobbyCon, and I'm walking with Nina, and we see uh, Fallon with one of her friends on the street, and they've rented mm-hmm. those little lime scooters. They're like, hey, we're going to take a tool idea. around. And yeah, in my head, I thought, man, idea. those things are dangerous. 45 minutes later, actually, I didn't think it was that long. She comes hopping in, poor thing fell off the scooter, like shattered her ankle. Went like oh, all the no. way through, and then the next day went to the doctor. Like, oh yeah, yeah. she had, she like she like flew home with. Oh yeah, she life. did. Oh, I'm, bless her heart. I know that that's some tough shit. That really is. I felt like well, I got to the doctor right then, but yeah, she toughed through it. She toughed through it. But no, those scooters are no joke. I think those things go faster than people realize. And, yeah. you've and got a lot a, of times you know, when people use them, they've had a couple of drinks, which probably isn't a great combo. Mm-hmm. Combo. This you is know, true. Um. Honestly, the people who made that, like, designed them to be used for that purpose probably, like, did it just to troll people. They knew drunk people would be on scooters, mm. and so they're just sitting back watching people, watching drunk people on scooters. We know about that. It was yeah, so is this our everybody. first podcast since DweebCon? We have not. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's the first one since we, well, you know, we had the um, DweebCon live. Yeah. yeah. But this is the first episode. Since, since the dweeb con, dweeb, yeah. Got anyway. We are also joined, 
as always, by our wonderful producer, Mad Thad. How are you today, Thad? Hey, I am uh, I'm doing really great today. Um, the other day, yesterday, day before, what's today? The 22nd. The 20th, so Friday, mm-hmm. was my niece's ninth birthday, and we were invited to her party, where it was her parents, my mother and father-in-law, me and my wife, and 17 nine-year-old girls. Ooh. And let me tell you, if you've never heard that 17 nine-year-old yeah. girls, it is, uh, it's something to behold. It really is. The, the screeching gets to a level where you can almost no longer hear things. You know, it's just, it's such a yeah, high range. Which is a blessing. Yeah. yeah, it's, it's, uh, you know, you, you feel your ears rattle and, you know. The tattletailing at that running. age is pretty. I'm sorry. I was just no saying the doubt. tattletailing at that age is oh, yeah. very significant as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's well, and it's funny too, right? So there's, there was 17 of them and I would guess 12 of them looked exactly alike. My niece included. They're all four foot tall with blonde hair down halfway to the middle of their back. So if they turn around, you have no idea who's who. And so I, you had the Aryan birthday party. But yeah, the rest of them, it was like a little little Aryan birthday party, you know. So, but it was, a, you know, for the most part, it was a good time. They were, they were pretty well behaved. We left early. We left like around 930. And uh, they had a schedule that Abigail made up. Of like, here's times when we're doing all of our stuff, which my wife is a lot like that. We'll always make lists and things. So I think she's taken after her aunt in that regard. And it was the last thing on there was was midnight movie. And then after that, like at 1230 was more food. And I thought, man, that's a long time. I think nine is the perfect age. I feel like once a kid gets to double digits. Mm-hmm. The parent is always like, now you're 10. Now it's time to be responsible. Like nine is your last year that you get to be, you know, free from all that double digit responsibility. Yeah. Well, I am too. Can I, and, can I uh, just add to me, um, in the history of history dweebs, I have yet to tell a Rudy story that has gone nowhere like Thad's last story. Did. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you, you got a good point, Colonel. You really do. But, but speaking of you, let me introduce the man who is that. a best best-selling author, a man who is uh, a, a, a spiritual leader. Hmm. He he is a man who has uh, been called an oasis. In the desert of despair, the very honorable, the best-selling author, Colonel Charles Beauregard Hawkwaters, the third affectionately known as the Southern Gentleman. I'm wonderful, Timmy. Um, and you, you did say best-selling author. Uh, would you like to give a quick plug for my book? What is the name of my book, Shelley? I believe you've mentioned many times that it is called How to Make Love to a Woman. Is no, you got to say it in the voice. How to make love to a woman. But you just did, so I don't okay, need to. Okay, fine. I'm doing no good, to do Timmy. It. 
No one can do it as well as you. I'm doing good. I got to tell you something to me. This happened to me this week. And this two things happened to me this week. I'm watching two extra dogs, so sisters. Hold on. Let me just say something. Uh-huh. This story better fucking go somewhere. I'm just oh, going to say does. that right now. I got two. Okay? I got two. All right. I got two. This better be a great fucking story. First of all, I'm watching four dogs. One dog, literally, I was telling Shelly about it, and I sent the picture. The dog's on what? At least nine medications, right? So Mm -hmm. I get a call. Hey, did you give him his medication? So I'm trying to figure out what in the fuck they're all in this big bag. I give him, well, apparently the doggy medicine industry is not as regulated as the human because some of these medicines taste like dog treats, right? Mm-hmm. So I run up to the store, come back, and the bag with the medicine is on the floor, and two bottles of medicine are empty. Two full bottles of medicine are empty, Timmy, because they taste like treats. And there's four dogs. And there's four so dogs. It's become a whodunit so I do situation. not know. I know who got them off the counter because it had to be Rudy. He's the only one that could do it. But I don't mm-hmm. know who ate these tre- these medicines. So I have to load all four dogs into the car, take them to the vet, induce vomiting, have all kinds of stuff done to these dogs. I did, the woman told me, I did break a record for bringing the most animals in at one time. All dogs are fine right now. You know who's not fine right now, Timmy? Me, because it cost me a thousand goddamn dollars to take care of these four dogs. Tell them how much it originally was supposed to cost until you talked them down. Well, yeah, then they come in and give me an estimate of $2,300, and I was like, you know, two of them ain't mine. You can put those to sleep. I don't give a fuck. But, you know, the other two, so it's $2,300. I finally get it down. Yeah, so, but then I have to take the one dog, the old dog, to his vet the next day. I'm coming home. To me, this can only happen to the colonel sometimes. To me, that's a true story. I see this okay. very large man, and I'm thinking he, he's, he's you know, the go-karts that you can, you know, adults can ride in them. They look kind of like stripped down. They got the frame, mini Indy cars. And uh-huh. he's pulling it. He's got the front wheels lifted up, and he's got it <clears throat> with one hand, and he's pulling it. But he's got to put it in this big pickup truck. And it looks like he's struggling. So I'm coming home. And I, uh, I'm i at the I'm at a light. And there's a parking spot. So I just whip over. And I just say to the guy, hey, man, you, you need a hand with that. And again, he's a very large man. He's got dreadlocks. He's got a wee bit of a Jamaican accent when he talks to me. Mm-hmm. And I say, do you, you need a hand to me? And he holds up his other arm, and I swear to you, on his other arm that he wasn't pulling the mini bike or the go kart with, mm-hmm. he had a complete arm without a hand. And I asked him if I could, if he needed a hand, Timmy. <laughs> and he held up his arm and kind of laughed and said, I could indeed. And I was a little befuddled as to how I should respond. 
because I did not yeah. know if this man was going to, you know, take this as the awkward gesture that it was, or if he was going to get offended and try to get vengeance and take my hand, literally, well, you know, lending my hand. What, 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 would he, what would he be able to do? He wouldn't be able to punch you. Well, if he put the other one down, yeah, but you know, he could beat me with that stub real good. He was he was a pretty large man. But I just, you know, kinda laughed it off and said that was that was a very that was the wrong expression. Maybe I should, you know, have said assistance or whatever. But we loaded it in the thing and, you know, we got it in there and I was all happy and then tried to give him a high five. That made it more awkward. Um but then, you know, I got my car and left. But that's true. I asked a man with no hand if he could use a hand. So the yeah. moral of this story is if you see someone who needs assistance, ask if they need help. If they, yeah, could you need, could you use assistance? Yeah. We got it in the truck. I got the dog home. It was I, a I, I ended it neatly for you, Chuck. You can stop talking now. It's been, we took it all the way around. And, and, and Chuck, just, just so you know, and also for the listening audience, acrotomophilia is a fetish of people with stumps. So, mm. next time you see that, you might think, you know, here's you might want to start I an OnlyFans right with that guy. You can make some, make some coin Colonel, on the side. Yes, sir. You know what I miss? I miss the guys, little guys that didn't have any legs and would ride on. On the little scooters. Yeah. Yeah, sit on their pencils every day. What happened to them people? I don't know, Tim. I, you know what? I think that they, uh, they give them legs and shit now for free. Um, they have yeah, I miss legs. that. That's a little thing. Yeah. Are probably better, bigger, or better than y'all's. Like, yeah, with they, all those bionic they're legs, getting they're legs on my anymore. dime, Timmy. My dime. <laughs> well, I tell you the truth, I miss those people on the on on the uh, sidewalk in their on their little skateboard because you know we used to kind of push them down the yeah. street a little bit, you know. Well, and we give them a little. When they was coming by, you could kind of nudge them once you need a little bit, and they fall yeah, over. Yeah. 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 Can't do that anymore. No, you can't. It's not politically correct. No, well, you know, we live in this woke world now, Timmy, where, you know, knocking over people <laughs> with uh with other abilities. Um Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about, Colonel. You, you know what? And I got into an argument with somebody. You can't say you're not supposed to say disability anymore, right? And I get mm-hmm. that. I get it. No, I don't, actually. Because you know what? If a motherfucker's blind, he does not have the ability to see. That's all I said. That is you know, the opposite I, I, of ab- ability. So it is a what? Inability? Should we use that word? Inability? This person ha- is a in- a colonel, enabled. A colonel, you knew you know my background. You knew you know that I once owned a travel agency for the blind. Right. Right, and and we used to uh, sell trips all to all over the world. Oh, yeah, we, uh, and basically they were just going to a different house in Portsmouth. Yeah, right. Yeah, turn well, the heat we, on. We take them out to no, we take them out to the airport and fly around. <laughs> and then, and when they land, we'd say bonjour. <laughs> I'm so glad I joined this show. Put today. a little layer around their neck. Aloha! Yeah. <laughs> exactly. They cut, they cut down on that shit, Colonel. You're not allowed to do that. Well, you know, big brother of the government, they're always regulating yeah. shit. Let's talk about the madness and the muse. Let's get we? on that. Let's get on that. All right. 
Robert, Robert George Irwin, no relation, I don't think, Colonel, to the wide receiver for the Dallas Cowboys. Mm, you never know, Timmy. You never know. Or, right. or Gershwin, because it sounds like that. Yeah, it does sound like that. Mm-hmm. You know, who was really better, George or Ira Gershwin? Shelly, what do you say? I don't know. You have no opinion? No. That's what I like. Hold on, her. hold she, on. She, this is a historic moment in life. <laughs> Shelly just got asked a question and had no opinion. It's because I was asked by Timmy. Okay. <laughs> I, I know things when it comes to you. <laughs> Always have the answer. So sad. Your call, uh, George or Ira? Irish, uh, Ira. I mean, I, Ira was the Ira was the lyricist, right? So he. Yeah, he. That's, that's why. That's why I like him. Well, I'm saying. I mean, I don't. I don't think that. I don't think that l- writing lyrics is that hard. I think composing music is oh, come much on. harder. So I, I, I'm going to say George. No, come on! Think of all the lyrics he wrote. Uh, what was it? Um, they can't take th- that away from me. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a classic. Classic, Colonel. It is a classic to me. Do it you is. think in most cases the music comes before the lyrics, or the lyrics come before the music? Because I know when I write songs, I do lyrics first, and then the tune kind of matches the lyrics, but. I know it depends on genres of music. I, exactly, yes, it, it depends. With, well, with that if, kind of music, with, was, with with orchestral or Broadway music, generally the music comes first, the composition, and then you add lyrics on top of it. I can only go by the greatest songwriter of all time who writes the music first and then the lyrics. Is this the boss? See, I didn't even have to say his name. I that did, did, did I, Timmy? I all just right. knew. I still like Ira. I still like Ira better. Well, you're wrong, and it's fine. Moving on. <laughs> anyway, Robert George Irwin, an artist, sculptor, and reoccurring mental health, mental hospital patient. See, it's always that good to have something to fall back on, Colonel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, played, recurring. Yeah, one of those punch played, cards. <laughs> pled guilty to killing three people. On Easter weekend, you know, I, I was talking to a customer service person yesterday on the phone, and we were wrapping up whatever. And I said, "We well, you know, thank you for your help. You know, goodbye." And you know what she said, Colonel? Have a good day. <laughs> farewell. Oh, farewell, farewell, my friend. Yeah, I think I'm going to start using that. Farewell. Good day to you, sir. You know what? Today I got to work that vintage event, and every time I sell something to me, you know what I'm going to say? I'm going to tip my hat and say farewell to you, mi amigo. Thank you, Colonel. Farewell to you, mi amigo. Or you could get a little Renaissance Festival and say fare thee well. Oh, you know what? Better better yet. Hold on. Go ahead. Keep. Continue. All right. Let me talk to Let me get back to this story. Anyway. (laughs) <laughs> um, Irwin was uh, he was an artist, sculptor but also had mental health issues and uh, he would eventually plead guilty to killing three people on Easter weekend in 1937 I now, shall on, wear this on. hat Timmy, Timmy. Wait, wait, look, look he's got a Newsies hat on tip it, 
I shall wear this hat, tip it, and say farewell, lad. What kind of hat? What kind of hat is that, Colonel? How would you describe that? It's like Sherlock Holmes. I don't know. The boys bought it for me and said, "Dad, it's occasionally you could switch up from the baseball hats." Well, well Sherlock oh, yeah. Holmes wore a. I think uh, it's known as the old man hat. Maybe. It's very it's well, very yeah, popular I, where Leanne is from. It's not a bowler. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's kind of the hat that you. Yeah, I could see. Yeah, I could see someone wearing like to bowling or something. Hmm. Well, it, and if I, it, it'll be a good fare thee well hat. Yeah, yeah I will. I mean, at least well. it's not a fedora. So fare thee well. And I know it's I, not I, the ten gallon hat you're used to over there, Okie girl, but uh, <laughs> but. <clears throat> So three people were killed on Easter weekend in 1937 in the Beekman Hill area of New York City Turtle Bay neighborhood, right, Timmy? That is right, and I'm glad you mentioned that, uh, Shelley, because did you notice when it happened? Can you read that back slowly and tell us when that happened? On Easter weekend in 1937? Yes, yes. yes. Colonel, why would anyone kill someone on Easter week? Uh, you know why? Why would you know you? why? You've been because family all you want to do is hang around with your dogs, but you get eleven members from your family showing up, <clears throat> and you know what you do? You just pop them as they come in the door. That's how many times do people Easter is a deadly holiday, Timmy. We we did the guy well, who killed I, eleven people on Easter. You know why? I attribute because you got to run. First of all, somebody got all the candy on the kitchen table, right? And then I attribute I attribute it to peeps. Right. Right. And but they got all the all the candy, right? The little rollos and the little MMs and whatever, whatnot. Then you can just walk by the kitchen table, grab yourself an MM, what whatever, a little Reese cup. And then the motherfuckers take them and hide them out in the yard. Now that's gonna aggravate a person. And if you aggravate, if the whole country aggravates the whole family, sooner or later there's going to be an incident. Well, especially with this guy who is, has reoccurring mental health, has been reoccurring mental health issues. He had but, all he could take, I think, there. I mean, honestly, though, Easter weekend is, it, 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 it exists to remember a death. So having death. You but know, see, happen on that see Shelley, I was not going to make this sacrilegious. The colonel and I would never no, say anything. No, but that. Shelley the even got to throw this in. She you know why, right Timmy? There, she don't even believe right in Easter. There. Easter is nothing to her. She's like, nah, nah, nah. <laughs> That's not true. That's not true. I'm just pointing out, you know, I'm just pointing out the, the truth of the matter that, I mean, but it was by days. that point in Easter, it should be a joyous time, but it, you know. But but let's be honest, it was three days. Basically, the dude took a long weekend and came back. So let's not didn't die. I mean, come on, let's let's keep it in perspective. So I have a okay. short Easter story. Um, <clears throat> so I've always been fairly uh, spiritual. I've had a pretty strong religious background, and. I would have never thought, you know, like stealing was bad and things of that nature. And I would have never, ever thought I would steal from any place. Well, um, a friend of mine was trying to get me to be bad. And when we were teenagers, we went to a mall and I shoplifted a dress. But the dress that I shoplifted 
was my Easter dress. So I went to church on Easter with a dress that I had shoplifted. So well, nice. that that means you're gonna uh, burn. In I know. Ironies abound. I know. But, I felt very guilty. <laughs> you know, one time I went out on a date with this woman. First date, met her online, and we decided to meet downtown Cincinnati for dinner. And she shows up, and she's a lovely girl, and we're talking. And I happen to notice that she's wearing a very pretty dress, and I happen to notice. It has one of those theft, uh, theft def- <laughs> uh, <laughs> devices, you know. Where you, I de- <laughs> yeah, she had shoplifted this dress for well, our date, and you know, she wanted to impress. She wanted you. to look good for you, too. Yeah. yeah. Either that, or she wasn't expecting for there to be a second one, so she could take it back and mm-hmm. well, you know, see yeah. how it goes. That's when you go to the bathroom and climb out the window. Side door. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Let's talk about Richard George, Robert George Irwin. One of his victims uh, in that uh, murder, uh, the killing of three people, one of his victims was Veronica, better known as Ronnie Gideon, who was a model who often appeared in seductive pulp magazine pictures. You think about that, Colonel? Well, to me, you know they get like you true, know true detective <clears throat> true crime yeah true detective you know what where, where the term pulp magazine comes from right Timmy oh tell me enlighten us they use crappy paper Timmy it was the paper they were made on oh, okay in regular well, magazines they use that shiny glossy stuff but in these magazines they use cheaper paper from the pulpy wood so they call them pulp magazines. How do you know it wasn't orange rinds? Because I know, I know things. I mean, I know Russia is not, you know, you know, just South you Mexico. I mean, I know stuff. Um, Colonel, when, did you ever pleasure yourself to detective magazines when you were a child? Oh, God. Um, I was much more of a, uh, I was much more a home and garden child to me. <laughs> Because you know, they used to have these things. If you ever going to Kelly, they used to checking out the hose in Home and Garden magazine. Exactly. Okay. If you're going to find a good hose, it's going to be in Home and Garden. Mm-hmm. I'm there with you, Shelley. You're pretty too young for this, but when we were when Colonel and I were growing up, they would have these things, uh, these detective magazines, mm-hmm. and they'd have a they had magazine called True Conf- Confession. Oh yeah, and it, they would always feature a bondage scene. Mm-hmm. on the cover of the magazine like this woman's tied and gagged and hands tied behind her back and uh it, they were popular among the young young uh young boys in, during that time because there was always something there and in the back you could either after you re, after you know you you're done after you've used every story and every photo <laughs> you, you start over back, again well, you can go back, and in the back of the magazine, you could buy sea monkeys. You could buy sea monkeys. You know, today, speaking of that, Timmy, today, Logan loaded up my car, and he's telling me how to do this. And then he's like, I got a box of vintage magazines, and I look in there, and the some bitches got all kinds of old motorcycle magazines, you know, with the sexy girls on the cover. But in that mix, yeah. there's about 10 Playboys. 
And I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to be the old man at this thing because they'll think they're my playboys. They'll think these aren't vintage. They're just coming out of his closet. Yeah. So. What 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 year? What what time span are we talking about here for those Playboy magazines? Back from the seventies. Oh, seventies. Wow. Okay. All right. So you could got. Uh, yeah, I don't know who appeared on <laughs> Suzanne Summers. Man, rest in peace. She might. I think she appeared on Playboy, didn't she? She did. She did. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So all right. So you know, the, Veronica the one, was up. The first Playboy I remember ever seeing was one that my my dad had that had. Um, oh, who's the chick from Wheel of Fortune that changes the letters? Vanna. Vanna Van, White. The Vanna White Vanna edition. White. That was the first form of pornography I ever saw. And and then you're off to the races. She's, she's, uh, I think she just signed a new contract with she them. Did. How she must be 80 yeah. years old. She ain't even got enough. Well, I guess she needs the spend. money, right? Mm-hmm. Jesus. Well, Pat Sajak you is retiring. Yeah. They're, no, they're, they both signed oh, they another both contract, oh, okay. and yeah, yeah. But she was she's born in um, she was born up in near Athens, Ohio. And pa- Pat Sajak was born in Oklahoma. So really, we are. And who was born in the same hospital you were born in, Shelley? Harry Truman. There you Harry go. Harry Truman was born in the same hospital. Oh, you did, but uh, you don't look nearly that old. You, you really <laughs> look at three your age. Um, so uh, you, you were born in Independence? I was born in Kansas City, Missouri. Okay. He's from Independence. Uh, right, but, but he was he, born in Kansas City. Born in Kansas, Kansas City. Mm-hmm. I want to go to Kansas City because I want to go to their World War One museum. It's supposed to be great. And they have the uh, Negro Baseball Hall, Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame. Have you seen uh, the walk really? down here, Timmy? The Motown Hall of Fame thing? No. Now, by the Freedom Center, they've got a Motown um, Walk of Fame. It's pretty cool. Hmm. Well, let's talk about the sex photos so, so, well, Veronica had. But just just, to, just <laughs> okay. in the interest of accuracy, let me put this out there, that, that Vanna White was born in North Myrtle Beach. Okay. And she's 66. I thought she would have been okay, a lot but she, older I than think, that. I was not sure she was from uh, Southeast Ohio. I see nothing about Ohio. She she competed in the Miss Georgia USA in 1978, the year that I was born. Fantastic year. Um, so she says competed, so I guess she didn't sure. win. But her her Man, her, her name because she's married. White is her married name. Her her um, before married name. What the fuck is that called? Can't even remember. It's too goddamn early. Maiden. Her maiden, maiden. name. Thank you, Colonel. Maiden name was Nee was Nee Rosich. So Vanna hmm. Rosich does not have the ring that Vanna White has. No. So thank God she married no. Mr. White. He made her yeah. career. You know how she changed it? She bought a vow. <laughs> Boo. Okay. Veronica Gideon left behind a photo protofo proto portfolio. Portfolio. Of sexy photos yeah. that in retrospect, <laughs> Leanne does this little uh, porno music every time, <laughs> something like that. Doesn't. Veronica Gideon left behind a portfolio of sexy photos that, in retrospect, had no relevance to the crime. Uh, it's cause or Irwin's responsibility for it. So 
this is that was like kind of that was just the some... correct thing to say. Yeah, yeah. red just meat to throw she... to the uh, listeners. Yeah, yeah, just because she dressed like a slut doesn't mean doesn't she mean she is right to murder. Right? No. Yeah. No. 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 We agree with that. However, that coincidence kept the story on the front pages of newspapers around the country for months. Publicity, which ultimately helped to bring Irwin into custody. Irwin, the son of evangelical parents, uh, he was reportedly born in a tent at an old-fashioned camp meeting ground in Portland, Oregon. Nice. What do you think about that, Colonel? Well, you know, Timmy, does, uh, it, they, they were having one of those revivals. The mama was only seven months pregnant, but she really got into it. And she just, you know, you got to keep those pregnant women calm or they'll just spit out a baby. And uh, she just got, you know, too much into it, Timmy. Let that be a cautionary they, tale. Is that a preview Shelly, of your new Shelly, book? Shelly, did you ever, have you ever speaking, spoken tongue? Um, well, I was introduced to several different cults when I was younger, mm -hmm. and one did try to teach us how to, the children, to speak in tongues. Like, we were supposed to practice. We were supposed to close our eyes and picture something, and then the words were supposed to flow out of your mouth, and, like, whatever you pictured. And all I could picture was toilet paper unrolling, and they didn't like that, so I was picked out. See, I, I think speaking in tongues is cheating, because if you're speaking in French or Spanish, people can catch on shit. Like, no, that's not the right word. <laughs> but you speak in tongues, who can correct you? Yeah, I heard a lot of shandalalala. That was like... Yeah, it's like the... the bow, yeah. What was the Bowery Boys? It was that one band, you know, shandalalalala. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Did you ever take the next step and try to start your own cult? Hmm? Did you ever take the next step and try to start your own cult? Honestly, I feel like I would be pretty good at it, but no, I've never actually done it. I've thought about it though. Let's talk, Shelly. Let's talk. I mean, the, talk about a passive like income. Swan can do it. I can do there it. There you go. Mm -hmm. Need a little extra coin? Start a cult. Yeah. All right. Where am I at? Okay. So the son of the so Irwin was born in a tent in an old fashioned camp meeting ground in Portland, Oregon. His father deserted the family before Robert turned three years old. Yeah. Sick. He his father was sick with syphilis. syphilis. No, it, when he left, his son was sick with syphilis. Um, so poor Irwin was left with syphilis that his father, through his father, and he also um, was left impoverished. Hmm. Go ahead to sit. Like you know, you sound like you know a lot about this guy. He knows a lot about syphilis <laughs> too. So uh, <laughs> later, when a family court judge noted that Robert could. Learn a trade at a state reformatory. Robert volunteered and spent 15 months there where he first learned to skull. Hmm. Is, well, is that really something. a trade, though, trade. Timmy? Is that a trade? I, I mean, if you do it really well, it could I be. Guess it could be, uh... But, I mean, you know, if you're just, like, making little, you know, carving. Yeah, chest pieces and shit. Something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Robert soon idolized Lorado Taft. 
one of the Amer leading American sculptures of the late 19th and early 20th centuries, and later moved in with the Tapp family. Oh, then fancy. working on uh, for a waxwork studio in Los Angeles, where he carved commercial busts of celebrities like Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Ooh, so there you go. There you go. So apparently maybe he did make a living out of it. Irwin was considered brilliant, if erratic, and at times violent. You know, to me, that's what I want on my headstone. Brilliant, <laughs> if brilliant. erratic, and at times violent. <laughs> I think that would be appropriate, Colonel. Yep, legit. Uh, so, and so Irwin spent time in uh, mental institutions for his erratic behavior, like you know most of us do. In 1934, Irwin was sentenced to a mental ward after he was caught having sex with a raccoon. Now, see, I read this part, and I'm I'm halfway tempted to call shenanigans on this, Timmy. Because Why is that, Colonel? Well, Timmy, as you well know, and it's been well documented, I have faced down these fierce marsupials in battle, Timmy. Mm -hmm. And to think that now I have had to, I have had to end their lives before, Timmy. But I cannot imagine one, I cannot imagine how you would just, the son of a bitches are just mean, Timmy. You know, they're just a step below honey badgers. Who in the world has ever said, yeah, I banged a honey badger, you know? Well, I mean, you know, maybe Having sex what, with a raccoon. That's what the boy was into. You can't, you can't judge him. I, how much courting do you have to do to a goddamn raccoon before you say, oh, yeah, and I'm going to shove this thing in you? You know, because, <laughs> it take, I mean, I've seen people, you know, with raccoons, they'll come up and take peanuts out of people's hands. But you got to court, a, a, I would think. You would have to court a raccoon for a long, long time before you could get it well, to that point. Maybe it was love at first sight. <laughs> well, that's know. true. That's true. By the way, this story is out of a book called Butcher's Work by Harold Schleschler. But Butcher's Work. Okay. So, you want to go? I think the important detail. thing to know is, is that was it a girl raccoon? Because... That at least would make it. See, I, they did. They, they did didn't not say, mention okay. that in the book. Right. No, he said he had. He had. Uh, well, he had had sex with other animals as well, but the raccoon is the one that got him. That got, got him, him in trouble. Oh, got yeah, him got him in trouble. Yeah. Uh, so where are we? Afterwards, okay. He was under doctor's so, care. Yeah. Afterwards. Uh, Irwin was under doctor's care for nearly eight months, where he was diagnosed as a pervert. <laughs> that that with, wasn't hard. With with bestiality inclinations. Easiest Apparently. diagnosis ever. Yeah. Das, the doctors also suspected he had homosexual tendencies as well. <laughs> That's because he was only chasing the boy raccoons, Timmy. I just that so. Uh... It, it was anyway. it was the thirties, you know. That's that's how it was then. Yeah, yeah I mean, you know, yeah, people. It was a depression. Yeah, you know, At times were and tough, it, especially if you're a raccoon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I 
after his discharge. I bet the other raccoons. Right after the raccoon. Yeah. And I bet the other raccoons didn't mess with this trash anymore either after that. I'm sure. Well, you know, and and at first I thought, you know, because I've killed a raccoon before and laid it out in the yard for a couple days for all the raccoons to see. And I thought, you know, maybe he was just warning this was a warning for the other raccoons. You know, you come over and. But I don't know. I don't know what was in the man's mind. After his discharge, Irwin found work as a taxidermist. Yes, he did, Timmy. And you know what his specialty was, Timmy? Stuffing stuffing raccoons, Timmy. (laughs) I feel like this is one of the, like, markers of killers is the taxidermy thing. Mm. Um, Yeah. He, He stuffed them alive or dead. Didn't matter to him. Well, I'll stuff him live. Yeah, I'll stuff him dead. That was his logo well, on his thing. You know, a man was caught having sex in a car with a stuffed animal this week. See, no victim, no crime. Well, that's not how the police... Saw it. <laughs> See, uh, well, stuff, it's like we like live a in a fascist like state. A, this is from the New. This is from the New York Post. Well, it make All those right. stuffed animals I'm so lifelike. Some, I'm going to need some logistics on this, just because how how does that work right. exactly? Uh, let me just read you. The, let, let me just read you the news article. Fifty-five year old man. A fifty-five year old man was discovered in a compromising position in a rocking car. Allegedly having sex with a stuffed animal. This is from the New York Post, published on October 18th, 2023. A deputy with the Baxter County Sheriff's Office arrived at Midway Store and Lock, a commercial facility, at about 12.45 a.m. to investigate the swaying vehicle. He stated that he observed that the vehicle was rocking, according to the staff. Well, then he shouldn't have come a knocking. <laughs> when the deputy appeared inside, he observed Theodore T. Mogan Van III. <laughs> might fancy be the last for a guy banging a stuffed animal. <laughs> well, I'm thinking this is where that line ends. Uh he, he observed him having sex with a stuffed animal, like according fourth. to the doctor. Well, if, if he was a Theodore, couldn't he have been a Teddy, too? Like, are we talking about a stuffed animal, like taxidermy stuffed animal? Or are we talking about, like, a plush? I think a plush, yeah. The, the, the sheriff's office does not give any detail what kind of animal it was. But they found a purse con- uh, near it. They found a purse containing two marijuana pipes and a syringe during search of the car, while another deputy later found three grams of methamphetamines in the purse, the news outlet reported. Morganville III was hit with numerous charges, including possession of a controlled substance and public sexual indecency. He pleaded guilty at his court appearance on Monday, and the judge set his bond at $5,000, and he's due back in court on October 30th. All I can say to that, Timmy, is if fucking stuffed animals is a crime, Bo would be an Alcatraz. 
because all right, now back to Irwin. There you go. Back so to Irwin. He found work as a taxidermist, but all of a sudden, signs of mental illness first started to show. Timmy, they were yeah. just now yeah. showing up, not with the raccoon. Yeah, yeah. Afterwards, uh, he remained, as I said, he remained under the doctor's care for eight months. Now, after his discharge, Irwin found work as a taxidermist, but signs of mental illness began to show, as uh, Shelley just said. Voices arose in his head. He fell into impulsive fits of rage and began to get obsessed with the ideal of self Emasculation. Oh. 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 Shelly, what's your thoughts on self emasculation? Whenever things like that come up, like everyone is just like, oh, oh. And I'm just sitting here like, hmm. enjoy those sounds. <laughs> Not of the self emasculation, <laughs> just of the, of the, um, you know, it's just one of those moments that we women get to kind of. Enjoy hearing the you fear, like the oh your weakness and your voices. Mm-hmm. Now you I like that. Oh, Shelley, I think that I think no. that's unfair. I mean, have 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 men ever, as a whole, really ever held you back or you know tried to enter into your life and make decisions for you? I mean, come on, that's we we don't do. Oh, that. Have you or, met or, or, You met or, this man. <laughs> Or earn money, more money than you do right. in a similar job. Exactly. Or you know, yeah. try try and hold you down. I mean. It's tough out here for a white man, Shelley. I know you don't understand that, but it's it's a little rough. The colonel will talk about that. Oh, he knows really? it's rough I appreciate out here for you all explaining man. it to me. I wouldn't. I would not have been aware of my own privilege in that regard had you all not educated me on it. So thank you. See, for that's that. what we're here for: education. This is an educational podcast. I, I could not be if not for all of you. you well, I'm just going to say Shelley. this: you are the wind. You got. I mean, how would you even do that, Colonel? You got, this is all I'll say about the white man dilemma, Shelley. You got, you have to. and your privilege, you have half the money and all the boobs. So I don't know that you're coming from a position of weakness. But, you know, this is not a political podcast or social, you know. Social commentary, that's right. Commentary. Um, let's just get back to the raccoon banger. You know, we, I have uh, more Leanne fun. and I went. Leanne and I went to uh, Wyoming last week, and we went to we went to Yellowstone, and then we went to the Grand Teton Park. Do you know what the Grand Tetons were were named oh, from, about from Colonel? Um, boobs. Yeah, boobs. Yeah, uh, they Tetons. were named after big boobs. Yeah, mm-hmm. thought you'd enjoy that. If you and. The Grand Tetons, you have various ones. You got the Rockies, you know. Have I climbed the Rockies? Have I, you know. You know, yeah. just different terms you use. You got the Pebbles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sometimes you got the Ohio Valley, Timmy. Sometimes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Irwin was obsessing about self-emasculation, but... That brought put him back in the hospital, and so Timmy, after a stint at Bellevue, what happened? Tell us what happened. Oh, after a stint in Bellevue, he now Urban was now twenty three years old. He took up a home on the street known as Bigman Hill. Uh, took it, he I'm sorry, 
Irwin took a room in a home on the street known as Beekman Hill, which was owned by Mary Gideon. So Mary had two daughters, Ethel and Veronica. Which one was the hot one, do you think, Chuck? Well, you know, Timmy, I'm going to, here's what mm-hmm. I'm going to say, Timmy. Now, you play blackjack, you learn, to, you learn the odds, yeah. you know. If you got an Ethel and a Veronica and you say, okay, you got to spend yeah. the night with one of these right. fair maidens, 98.6% of the time, you're going to be right choosing Veronica. Timmy. Probably, although, you know, Ethel would probably be a little bit easier, I would Ethel- think. Well, she'd be easier. I mean, you might have to work a little bit, well, bit harder Ethel, on Veronica. Ethel probably work harder Ethel, for you, though. Ethel could go. That's what I'm thinking. That's well, it depends. Thinking, Ethel could go both ways. You know, because just, you know, just because they're not as comely as the other ladies doesn't mean they're as appreciative. Yeah. You know, that's one thing I've learned in life. Now, sometimes they are, but sometimes they're just bitter, they're mean, they're nasty. Do you and, do you think that Archie was was banging Veronica? Or do you think he was banging Betty? He was banging both. Yeah, I think he was banging them both. I think, yeah, because I, I got the one special edition <laughs> where there's a three way with, with the with all of them. I I didn't know there was well, a special Archie was edition. a ginger, so you know, like he he had no. That's true. So there's that. What do you what do you think? What do you think Jughead? You think Jughead might have swung both ways, Colonel? Well, you know, I believe Jughead was, but there was a reason they called him Jughead. And it wasn't because, yeah, Jughead was probably, I think Jughead was probably swinging, you know, a good You think nine. so? Have you, did you, That's my have guess. you ever gave that any thought, Shelly? Kind of how hung that uh, Jughead would, what he was uh, working I with? I haven't actually given it any thought, no. But I always felt bad yeah. for Jughead, you know? But I you always have... felt like he. But then like his hat, name Doug Head. Cool so maybe they were giving us the clue right there. If you would, if they would have called him Jug Feet, you would have been interested. Though, well, I was. You know, Jug Head had the same hat that Goober had in. Uh, yeah, I did know that. Yeah, yeah. In Andy Griffith show. Okay, Shelley, five seconds off the top of your head, the comic book character you would most like to. Rowan Hayworth. I don't know. I... It's Batman, damn Batman. it. Okay. Uh, or can I go with the shadow? <laughs> you can if you the want. Shadow, I don't, no. It'd be kind of weird, but that's I okay. don't know. That was just the first thing that came to mind. Yeah, I don't I really wouldn't It's interesting that you anything. thought of the shadow. Shelly, did you yeah. ever, <clears throat> it's kind of mysterious. Shelly, did you ever watch Riverdale on Netflix? Um, I did not. So Riverdale I've... was a, I, I don't think they make it, I think it was three or four seasons, but it's, it's kind of a modern day Archie and Jughead and Veronica and all them. Yeah. Cause that was yeah, their high right. school. Yeah. So okay. that's where they, mm-hmm. and, and they have all these like, you know, really hot 25 year olds that play teenagers for the show, <laughs> but it's very dark. And I'm pretty sure that in the, in the show, Jughead is gay. So to go back yeah, to that, I, I've always thought that they about made Jughead, Jughead, I believe in that show. He's a, doesn't mean he's I not mean, packing yeah, nine. There's nothing gentlemen. wrong with it. No, of course not. No, not that there's anything wrong with it. But it's great because in the show, me. there's a blonde, <clears throat> there's a brunette, and there's a redhead. You've you've got everything you need right there. So for your God viewing God. pleasure, you pretty much always go with the redhead. 
Can't go wrong there. All right. Well, anyway, <laughs> uh, Ethel was the oldest. She was the practical daughter, while Veronica, better known as Ronnie, was a bit of a free spirit. Oh, yeah, she's the whore. Who has married, yeah, who was she's... married at age 16 and divorced by 17, Colonel? Well, I guess that did. She made, she made, had some poor Wait, relationship were they, were, choices. Were they from the West Side? Because mm-hmm. that's 16 and 17. That sounds, <laughs> so some West Side shit right there. You got a good point there. Veronica Gideon. Coming from two men from Kentucky. <laughs> He doesn't live in Kentucky. Got more balls in he your chair. I, mean, I live in Claremont County, Rhino. so that's not he much better. He on the east side. Yeah, <clears throat> so basically it's the same. Veronica Gideon was also a commercial model. Ah, uh, yes. She, so she was an influencer, Colonel. <laughs> yes, the young, beautiful, buxom blonde appeared on the cover of several crime pop, pulp magazines, such as Inside Detective and headquarter detective. Oh. No. She was pictured as a scantily clothed and often tied up and gagged, Colonel. You know, she, she uh, well, I like this next line. She liked to push her limits by appearing in publications such pretty as. Pretty but cheap. And pretty but cheap. Pretty but cheap, which I believe back in the AOL days, wasn't that your handle there, Shelly? <laughs> Was that was your was that your CB handle? Did you have a CB out there in Nebraska? <laughs> I, I was I was a child when AOL came out. Well, a little like a young teenager, but okay. actually, do you want to know what my screen name was? Here, here's where we get to the true confession uh, she part was in of the that, show. That chat room, young for older, I think. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Shelly. Here's where you make your true confession. Tell them what you listened to falling asleep when you was oh, a kid. Oh, are you talking about that conspiracy? Uh, oh my gosh, uh, yeah. Art Bell, yeah. Coast to Art Coast Bell. with Art Bell. Art was it? Oh, oh Coast yeah. to Coast, yeah, it's Coast to Coast with Art Bell. Shelly was a long time, was. long time listener, never caller, and like ask random questions oh, like, "What's okay. the difference between <laughs> yeah. a fruit and a vegetable?" What well, he was like twelve years old yeah, or something. He knew who I was because I would ask like these weird questions that people would fight about. It was great. <laughs> yep, but I really yeah, liked I Art Bell. I didn't like it after he left. Start there. Well, hold on though. <clears throat> Shelly was well, going to well, tell us what her, her name is, what Ronnie. her AOL screen name was, and you two stomped all over it. So. Oh, I'm sorry. What was your screen name? I mean, now it's it's kind of anticlimactic. I was, um, my screen name was I Eat Sofas, and I'm not exactly <laughs> sure why. I Eat Sofas. I like that, though. That's great. Mine was uh, What a Fool. And uh, I'd go into a screen, i go into chat rooms, and someone would ask me, what's up with your screen name? And I'd tell them that I suffered from low self-esteem. <laughs> and I... Good stuff. <laughs> I get all these women hitting on me because they thought I, I was a sad sack. <laughs> women love women love a victim, man. Women love if you if you need rescued, you will have women just running at you, Timmy. You know, remember That's these secret need. AOL chat rooms? Like you have to type in a name like sex or whatever, and it they had like the regular chat rooms, right? That was like 
older men for you know younger Asian females. Just as an example. Wow, that's oddly specific. <laughs> Jesus that's a regular Christ. one. Hold on, that's a regular one. Is what you're saying? Yeah, that's your run of the mill, yeah. just normal yeah. routine. And then chat they had room. these secret ones where you could just type in, I don't know. <laughs> Oral sex or whatever, and and you all of a sudden you appear in that room, and it would you know you could converse with people who had similar interests. I didn't do that. Oh, <laughs> so well, you say? Um, I guess uh, I guess it's not for everyone. I I didn't have AOL. I never. I I, I use Yahoo. Yahoo, but I one never of the story. One of the stories that you said Yahoo. during um, when we were podcasting was that your first chatting experience online was like with the game Literati. Right? Isn't that where you got a lot of your friends? It was with the game Literati. Yes, it was. And uh, I had a red dot, which meant I was an expert level player. It was like mm-hmm. Scrabble. And I chatted with a, a number of people. One, um, I had twins, and I got to know them person. They live in Pennsylvania. One was a lived a 24-hour, 24-7 life of bondage and hmm. discipline. Quite interesting. Learned a lot from her. Too. Did she? Was she? I I, de- I should have dedicated chapter fifteen. I told you that dude that I went I went to I went to a college classes with this guy who had who was his girlfriend and him were into that, and he had to wear a chastity belt like twenty four seven. Yeah, and she was yeah, out of yeah, town. They, she yeah. was at she she you know they, they broke up when when you know, well they didn't break up but. He went away to college, and she stayed local to, I don't know, she was in Iowa or someplace. Yeah, and he had a chastity belt. You know, the first, if I was in college and somebody put me in a chastity belt and we agreed to it, you know the first class I would take? (laughs) Lock picking. (laughs) Yeah, it's a thing, Shelly. Okay, well, thank you for... The education in that. And in the interest in the yes, interest of safety now. Chastity um those companies like that make the ball gags, there's now a hole uh-huh. in it. That way you can't suffocate with the ball in your mouth. Oh, well, that takes away yeah. half the fun. <laughs> it does take I mean if, I think it would be interesting what's the to read the lawsuit that is you know that exactly. Uh, you know yeah. that's where that came from. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> You know, it seems like you should have training, like the Heimlich maneuver. If you're going to do stuff like that, learn the Heimlich, because that will be a pretty easy thing to dislodge. It's round. It's not going to hang up on Chuck, do you remember IRC? Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, there's some dark shit went on in IRC. Yeah. Thad, what was your AOL screen name? What was my AOL screen name? Well, so... I, I'm sure this won't come as a shock to most people. I'm not the coolest person in the world. So uh, I know, I know it comes no, as a surprise. I, know I, wouldn't say uh, I actually role played Dungeons and Dragons on AOL. And my screen name was Thaddeus Shay McVall. He was a knight. Yeah. That's a pretty awesome name though. Lily. I thought so. I mean, it is. We, we role played in these rooms called the Red Dragon Inn. And uh, mm. I was part of a guild <clears> that's called the Black Dragon's Honor. I made it all the way up to be like a sergeant. And it was, yeah, it was it was a good time. So, you know, I, 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 I guess I could have been searching for porn, but instead I was, you know, fighting dragons and shit like well, that. I mean, I mean, not really. You're typing in a room like, 
Hangout was like, fun, you know, man. Unsheathed sword, you know, dives it. Same you know, thing as the porn room, really. Yeah, basically, mean, yeah, really. Un- yeah. Unsheathed swords was was probably Timmy's screen name. So <laughs> <laughs> there's that. Well, uh, let's let's move on, shall we? <laughs> I love, we, we start talking about Tim, then we move on. That's okay. Now that's the yeah, secret. Exactly. Okay, good to know. Good to know. Veronica <laughs> may have been a wild child, but she was loyal to her sister. Yeah, that's good. Robert Irwin was deeply in love with the oldest Gideon daughter. God, how I adored Ethel. See, Colonel, he's going for Ethel. Which is which wow. is something you rarely right. hear. That's that's the one point four percent chance right there. Perfection. That's what she is. <laughs> perfection. That's what she is. Absolute perfection, Colonel. Fact: Irwin proposed to her three times, but Ethel had little interest in the would-be artist and turned down each one of Irwin's proposals. Well, I'm going to tell you, Irwin proposed to her three times, mm-hmm. but Ethel had little interest in a would-be artist and turned down each of his proposals. Now, Robert did not take this rejection well. He wrote love songs for Ethel and sang them under her window deep into the night. On several occasions, neighbors called the police and Irwin was arrested for disturbing the peace. I've been serenaded before. I like that. The guy was in the rain. It was it was really romantic, actually. But um, he may have ended up with the flu because he sang in the rain. But, you know, that's okay. <laughs> that's a lot of... <laughs> he, he sang in the rain, too. There's a lot to unpack he, there. He got um, pneumonia and died. What did he sing? You know, I honestly don't remember. But I just remember how romantic it was to have him sing in the rain. It's pretty goddamn romantic if you don't That's remember. That's what I mean, Colonel. She's, she's like, out there. She don't I mean, remember it was the raining name. pretty hard, so I couldn't sounded. really re- like discern the words. But the sentiment, and you know, he's he he is laying his heart out on his on. I know he's laying his heart out to you. And you know, he probably tells that oh, yeah. story to me <laughs> to people. You know, I had this girl, and I just stood out in a thunderstorm, and she was looking down from the window or the balcony or whatnot. And yeah, and it it was the most romantic gesture ever. And he tells, you know, her name was Shelly. She was brown hair. She was a pretty girl. What whatnot? She's over here on her side, like. Hell, I don't remember. It was raining. Oh, I remember it was raining. I thought it was, it was cold. wildly romantic. I just couldn't hear the lyrics, but that's okay. Dude is very- probably now. Dude is probably now an alcoholic working part time at an yeah. auto parts store. <laughs> exactly, Lanny. She she met Lanny before Brandy could ever get to him. She broke Lanny. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, let, let's get back to Irwin. You don't have to talk about me okay, anymore. Okay, so Irwin. Uh, although Irwin waxed poetically about Ethel, he was scornful of her popular younger sister, Ronnie, Veronica. whom he described, uh, Veronica, Ronnie, yeah, who he described as a little, a nice little brainless blue-eyed blonde, a beautiful fluffy thing. Little brainless and beautiful fluffy, Timmy. He said that like they were I bad know. things. I mean, you know, I mean, it sounds like he was complimentary to her to me, but 
I know that's if I if I you know if I ever got on like Tinder uh-huh. or something like that, it's like what's your perfect mate? A nice little beautiful brainless fluffy little yeah. thing. You'd be okay with that. Yeah. yeah, but Ronnie was protective of her big sister. Um, she saw Irwin as being out of his head, and she confided in her diary that she planned to save Ethel from the mad sculpture, sculptor. So she's not on board with it, Shelley. No. She's not on board. No, no. She was protective uh, of her sister. He will never marry her if I have anything to do with it, Ronnie wrote. I am going to take up the matter with mother. She will she you will know, cut it, him out of our lives. There and I'll tell you, Timmy, you know this from experience and Thad possibly. There ain't nothing more difficult than trying to court a woman whose oh, sister yeah, is Yeah, you can't too. yeah, it's hard to overcome that. Yeah. It ain't I mean that's that's a that's rolling that rock up that hill every but er- day. <laughs> but Irwin, Irwin took care of the cutting himself. In a fit of rage one evening, ooh, I hate this, Colonel, in the Gideon's bathroom. So now this is... Oh, this is, oh Jesus Christ. He's doing this. What? Now he's trying to impress her mother, right? He's over into the in-laws. The dude castrated himself with a straight razor, removing both his penis and testicles, Colonel. Oh, oh, for the love of God. You know, typically, typically what I have done is with the mother, I've called them, like, whatever their last name, you know, Mrs. Jones. In this case, it would be Mrs. Gideon. I have never, I've never really had any sex, any any success, mm-hmm. Timmy. Walking out with body parts of my own in my hand. Well, you know, it's got to make. It just never worked with the mothers. That's a lot to clean up. Well, yeah, it is a lot to clean up. And what do he do? Cauterize himself? Yeah, you would bleed out. I mean, yeah, you, you bleed really out would. doing that now, shit. Now, uh, Shelley, would you be impressed if someone would castrate themselves in your in your bathroom? Now, would, that, would you find that, would a, romantic would find that a romantic gesture? But I couldn't help but think as you were talking about that, if this was a um, a podcast that was able to be monetized, um, it would have been a perfect opportunity for a Harry's razor commercial. <laughs> it would be. But uh, I, I don't know if you knew this or not, Shelly. Um, we don't really have sponsors. Uh, <laughs> we do. But we, but we do, we Timmy. Do. We have one. If you go to yeah. Etsy and look up Black Cat yeah. and Me, they are the official sponsor of the But history. you know, even even Black Cat and Me, they're not castration friendly. I well, I don't know. They, is the is the cat castration? I think we should pitch. Oh, well, I think you guys should pitch to Harry's. You know, I think that they might get on yeah. board. I mean, you're talking about a razor. They might want to they might want to get on board with it. I mean, that, that, okay, every so podcast I well listen to has Harry's razor. I mean, they must spend they must spend a lot of money on advertising. Now, Shelly, here's a question for you. Here's a conundrum. You meet a man. He's just the nicest, sweetest man. Handsome. Just got a whole stack of cash in his uh, garage. 
but he's a eunuch. Does he have a sense of humor? Would you marry him? I swear to God, I thought you were going to ask, does he have a tongue? <laughs> no. What, 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 what? I thought you were going to say what that, too. A- What's his tongue like? What he's asking, right, what I he understand. asking Shelley, yeah, is I, that, I got that, that be a deal I was trying to distract you. from the question. Um, yeah. So. Um, I see. So what, would it be a deal, deal breaker It would not be. Actually, it would not. But what would be a deal breaker I mean, because someone we're... who castrated themselves in my bathroom. I would consider that a deal breaker. Yeah. <laughs> because you'd have to clean that up. <laughs> the incident landed uh, Robert in the hospital. Surprise there. Where he underwent, <laughs> yeah. where he underwent further mental assessment. And then, you know, I would be okay with that, Colonel. I would say, okay, we can go to, you know, whatever mental health assessments you want. But first, sure. take care of my dick. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, could you sew my dick back on first? We'll get to the assessment later. <laughs> oh, exactly. Um, yeah. But, but here, put the ink blot things down and pick up a needle and thread, <laughs> motherfucker. Could you do that for me? <laughs> Robert explained to his doctors that his self-castration would allow him to become a complete artist by freeing him from his, the sexual, his sexual instincts. Could you imagine, Timmy? Could you imagine just the sheer joy <laughs> in our lives and the trouble that we would not oh, have Oh, and the into? money that you would save. And the money that we have if we did not have the sex instinct, Timmy. I'm telling you, man. I would have, I mean, you know, I saved on those. I would have saved a fortune on those uh, 1-900 numbers back in the day. Oh, I would have cured, I believe I would have cured polio. (laughs) Anyway, Robert was treated to two more years at Rockland State Hospital, New York. Despite his incarceration, Irwin refuses to for, refuse to forget his lady love. So he was dedicated. Even though he cut his junk off, he was still dedicated. As a patient, Robert would tell the hospital staff and his fellow patients that he would soon wed Ethel Gideon, although I'm not sure why she would want to marry him since... He ain't got yeah. no pecker. Ethel, he claimed, inspired him to be a great artist. She was the perfect muse. You have a muse, Colonel? You ever have an muse? You know, Timmy, Bruce I have to say all muse. women are my muse, Timmy. Bruce Springsteen. Uh, if you is look your at muse. any women but Ethel, huh? Mm-hmm. Bruce there you go. There Kelly you go. Clarkson, maybe. My heart. Um I yeah, I'd say Bruce, John Bon Jovi, maybe. He's a handsome Nancy man. Walker. Matthew McConaughey. Nancy Walker. Nancy huh? Walker. Remember Nancy Walker? Oh, be author, oh, Timmy. Be author. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Everybody was always hot for Betty White, but nobody saw the beauty in that big bone be author. And if the rumors, she wasn't. You know, she used to, Nancy she used to be a Marine. That's the woman that I would want. <clears throat> Have you ever heard those rumors? Oh, uh, yeah. Yes. She was. She was. She had. Very, uh, yeah, she, she had, had some she skills. Had, she was. She was orally. She skilled, did have a certain yes, set of skills, as they say. So she would have been top of the list. Top. Uh, she one yeah. time slid down the banister head first. Uh, in fact, while institutionalized at uh, Rockland, Robert Irwin wrote Ethel every single day. It gets fucking annoying. On many days. <laughs> it's a lot of postage. How did that motherfucker get money for stamps? On many days, he would write her two or three letters. 
or three or four times a day. His letters, though, went unanswered. See, see there, Shelly, you you can't break a man's heart like that. You can't break. She his left spirit. him on red. That's that almost reminds- like Colonel. <clears throat> yeah, that's almost like as bad as having someone serenade you, Colonel, and you don't even remember the fucking song. <laughs> don't even remember their name. Well, anyway, uh, Ethel did not. Uh, when his letters went unanswered because Ethel Gideon. End up marrying a man named George Kudner. What do you think about that uh, there, Shelley? You would probably approve of her breaking his heart I, like I, that. I feel like mm-hmm. Ethel made a solid decision to not go with Robert Irwin. That's that's my feeling on it. As time went by, Ethel continued to ignore his letters. Robert became disheartened as one would after you cut your dick off for someone you love and they marry someone else. And they don't answer your letters. While still in a hospital, Robert then made a bizarre sculpture of Ethel with Um, a cobra coiled around her neck. That you look up that sculpture because there's, yeah, it's, it, it, it has. We do. We do. Oh, this. And you know what, Timmy? You know, I'm. We've picked up this vibe from Shelley the whole time, and you know, something happened today that reinforced the kind of woman that she is. Because I now I can relate to yeah. him because today around two o'clock, I sent Shelley a text saying, "What time are we recording tonight?" And do you know if you look at my text right now between me and Shelley, you know what the last one says? What? What time are we recording tonight? <laughs> So she's one that does not return letters either, Timmy. Well, he he referred to his love as a damn she-devil. See, he's going south now, right? He's, He's calling her names. Who was sent to torture him for the rest of his life. Upon being released from the hospital, Robert destroyed this sculpture of Ethel and vowed to do the same when he saw her in person. Now, see, what's he going to destroy the sculpture again? You know, here's the thing you don't want. Here's the thing you don't want. You don't want a motherfucker with a grudge against you that has already cut his own dick off. As you know. Because if he's going to do that to himself, you know what he'll do to your dog, your family. The neck represented, represented his manhood. I think it's. Oh, possible. you think it was a phallic, phallic symbol? What if she was a snake? Well, she was a she devil. Shelly, well, uh, tell um, us what happened. After he then. was released from the hospital, Robert destroyed the sculpture of Ethel and he vowed to do the same. Robert Irwin had always been a bit of a religious fanatic, on top of everything else, you know, of course. Um, so after his his experience he decided to go ahead and enroll as a student at the theological school of st lawrence university at canton new york isn't that where you got your divinity degree colonel i got my divinity degree i have to tell you from yale from yale Yale? (laughs) y-e-l-l i made the you know what I made the ladies yell so much that, and I wasn't even studying divinity. I was, I was there for business, but after four ladies (laughs) yelled so much, 
And three of them saw Jesus. Mm. And I got to tell you, I got to tell you this, show. Two of them was Hindu. <laughs> they had 190 gods and they saw mine. So I thought, you know, this is my calling. I, I make people see I Jesus. Bet he, I bet like every third student in that school <laughs> well, was castrated. He ended up being expelled. Um, and this was, he got expelled 10 days yeah. before Easter. Oh. That's pretty harsh. <laughs> oh, that's some bullshit there. Because, you <laughs> know, that's right expelled. for the vacation. I'm time. sure that that's like the wildest that's holiday at, at Divinity School, too. Yeah, Easter. <laughs> yeah, you know that's a big holiday. Easter's one of the big two. Easter's one of those days where people tend to get, you know, Thanksgiving in a little bit of a joyous mood. When uh, by Christmas you kind of worn down, but Easter's coming in the spring where you get your energy yeah. back, well, and that's when people just massacre the whole goddamn family. Yeah. It's like I well, got the energy, I, I got the means, um, motive, and opportunity. You but know? you know what, though. Unlike Jesus, since he didn't have a penis, he would not <laughs> rise That's good. again. I like it. Okay. No. <laughs> and, well, and, you know the the thing is, Colonel. People are, uh, you know, uh, Easter is one of those holidays. You know, you might have to buy a bonnet, or you might have to buy some eggs, or something. But you don't have that pressure of having to buy everyone a gift. So you want to get you want to have... get them at Easter because if you wait till Christmas rolls around. Hey, you're gonna have to buy him a gift before you kill him. That's an excellent, excellent point, Timmy. But if you kill him all Christmas, you can keep all the gifts for yourself. That's true. If you, that's how you know somebody's planning some shit at Christmas. When you come into the house, ain't nothing under the tree, Timmy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you don't that, smell no goose cooking or nothing. No, no blood. That's pudding. when you you just turn around. You and don't head even straight turn around. You car. just walk slowly backwards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. How you how you like Easter? Is um, Easter a favorite holiday? Your I show? celebrate another holiday around the same time. Yeah, but I tell us about so your your one man crime spree on Easter, um, Shelly. I my one foray into theft. I I uh, shoplifted one time in my life. I was dared, and I did it. And I shoplifted. And- mm-hmm. <laughs> I, See I how shop, she shifted the blame. There, I shoplifted like, uh, an Easter dress and had to wear it the next day at church. So I felt, I know. Wow. And people see what well, people, I should fill people in on this. We did a podcast together, two couple podcasts together for a couple years. So yeah. I know some of the skeletons in uh, the closet. Well. I, and I, I'm not afraid you know, to throw them out. So you mind your manners, there, young lady. Did you put I, it under your other clothes? How, like, how how'd that I happen logistically? Did you just stuff it under your I shirt or something? What like, you do? In, I think I stuffed it inside jeans that I was buying, so that <laughs> you don't remember. You got dementia or some shit because you don't remember what the man was serenading you you don't remember how you stole now i can tell you every goddamn thing i ever stole my whole life how i did it why i did it what i did with it afterwards it was true and you stole one thing in your whole life on easter oh it was on the dare yeah so you know um it was traumatic well i (laughs) i'm sure that um, the lord will forgive you Robert Irwin got expelled 10 days before Easter, and the they cited instability 
for his expulsion, um, one of his professors was noted as saying, that boy crazy. Um, in the days <laughs> following... In the days following his expulsion, Erwin turned up at the Gideon's door looking for a room. (laughs) They're like, hell no. (laughs) And last time you you were over here, you cut your dick off in the bathroom. (laughs) He's only got one star on Yelp so far, Timmy. If if Um, his Airbnb ratings must have been shit, Timmy. His name was Frank Burns. He was 37, and he Uh, was an English bartender who happened to be deaf. (laughs) <laughs> Frank, he also was in yeah. MASH. Um, yeah. I cried so hard when he burned, died, yeah. and I didn't even like him. But when he died in MASH, it was really fun. Oh, wait, no, it wasn't oh, Frank. Oh. You mean he died it in was the, Never mind, it doesn't matter. I'm not going to go into a MASH thing. It was the Colonel. Oh, it was Henry Blake. No, that's okay, we can talk about Okay, him. but here's what I'm wondering. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How An the English bartender who's deaf... Do you think he didn't like he couldn't even he couldn't even be nasty to the Irish <laughs> no, customers, Timmy? And first of all, That's how you problem. ordering a drink with a goddamn deaf bartender? You know what I mean? You just pull him back like I want a tap beer or you're popping yeah, it like you bottle. Point him out. You point him out. It, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's a lot of goddamn work to just get a you drink. You know what? I still would take the. I would still rather be a deaf bartender and well, this guy walking around yeah. without a Peter. Well, yeah, I mean, we've I got some... I just think some, it's funny because bartenders are kind of... characters in there, but... De facto therapists. I'm talking, Chuck Walters. I'm talking. There, you sit there and you tell your story to the bartender. <laughs> you you sit there, you tell your troubles to the bartender all night. You're there going on forever about how your wife and your kids... <laughs> and like, right, this you said they're not... Listener. I was just going to say that, you're all... <laughs> yeah. Or, Really? You know Thad. How was that, Thad? I was. That was that was a that was a fun experience. That was a fun experience. Did a lot of people talk to you, tell you their problems? <clears throat> I had I had one night a guy come in who had told me he just filed for divorce that day and told me all about <clears throat> the terrible things that his wife did and how she ran around on him and how like you know, his, his kids never came home to see him. But he said, you know what? I saw it coming because years ago I stood out in front of her house and I serenaded her <laughs> and she rain. didn't even remember the lyrics. So <laughs> had he taken that, he would have saved himself a lot of heartache. And I'm sure afterwards he yeah. cut his junk He off. probably did, but not yeah. in my bar. So that's, that's totally okay. It was a dark and stormy night. Man comes in bleeding from his crotch. <laughs> Throat all sore from serenading some girl. And you know, they're at the in the restroom, they only have those like hand drying machines. So you have to really get <laughs> yeah. your junk up there. Yeah. It's hard to carterize something. <laughs> well, one and of those now things. it would only go off after like 105 10 degrees. seconds. There's time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You got to keep waving right, your well, hand under it. Um, Start again. Robert Start again. He wasn't very happy. Since he could not rent the room next to his beloved Ethel, Irwin took a room two blocks away. Robert Irwin. The landlady said, the landlady that, that he rented the okay. room from, this is her testimony. She said that he showed up and babbled incoherently. Okay. 
He was wearing clothing issued by the hospital, carrying nothing but a satchel of 13 religious books and holding a curious piece of art, a bust he had sculpted of the actress Marlene Dietrich. Now, Oh, she was Would hot, you huh? rent a room to this? Well, who doesn't want to have Marlene Dietrich's bust from the hands, mental Timmy? hospital? Well, I mean, uh... well, that's back. I, I believe this is back before they did reference. This is, I think this she was during the Nazi depression budget, too. Isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's maybe you needed the money. It was a flop house. Thirty-seven. Yeah, I feel like, like there were some red flags there, yeah. but you know, what do I know? Um, <laughs> Well, I mean, it was a depression, and it was, you know, He was thinking about what he could do in his spare time. After considering and rejecting the idea of drowning himself in the East River, he instead decided to go ahead and slowly walk to the Gideon's rooming house. Doesn't sound like it's going to be good. Doesn't sound like it's going to be good. (laughs) Well, we're doing a podcast about it, Shelly, so... (laughs) You know, quick question, Shell. You... you you being from Oklahoma, Shell, and you're, there's you're trying to, rodeos that come in and out of town, right? Do you think do you think you would be a good rodeo guy with no balls? <laughs> Probably Wouldn't that be so. an unfair good advantage? Point, Colonel. Um okay. So Robert yeah. arrived at the Gideon's apartment on holy Saturday night. He and Mary chatted for a while, but when okay. Robert finally asked about Ethel. Mrs. Gideon gently told him it was time to let go of his perceived relationship with her. Well, right. One, one, she's married to someone else. A dick. Two, two, you (laughs) don't have any. A dick. And three, you're not that great of a sculptor. I mean, let's be honest. I, I, I think he was a decent sculptor. I think it was just... I mean, there the was also the screwing yeah. raccoon. Because I mean, it's, it's that's you know. Well, that's true. That's a good point. That seems kind of judgy to me. Well, I mean, you well, know, the guy, when he, heard and, you that, know, he wants what he wants. When he heard that, the heart in wants that moment, the heart Robert wants. Irwin's tenuous relationship with reality was torn and fury ensued. He grabbed Mrs. Gideon and he squeezed yeah. her neck with his sculptor's <laughs> mitts. After she was dead, this part is a little, I, I don't really oh. understand why he had to do this. He stripped her and he pushed the body under a bed. <laughs> I don't You think know. he stole the dress? Shoved it in his jeans and then uh, church the next day? When Mary's daughter, Veronica, arrived Roberta. home at 2 a.m., she suffered the same fate as her mother. She was also strangled and stripped. Oh, right. When I was researching this, um, his actual like confession, Robert Irwin's confession, he was complaining because when Veronica came home, she went uh-huh. into the bathroom and he was waiting to kill her. And he said she took a damn long time. Like, he complained for how long she was in the bathroom before he got her. <laughs> well, I mean, he, he don't want to be like sticking around all long. night if you're going to murder a family. Yeah. Right. Well, he's got, he's got other murderers. He's walking to the room of the border. This poor guy who had slept. He had slept through the two murders <laughs> since he couldn't hear. Do you think? Do you think? 
Right. So Erwin uh, hovered uh, over Frank. He hovered over him, trying to determine if he was awake or not. He was like, Get up, Frank. Get up, Frank. Get up, Frank. Just to make sure, though, he drove an ice pick into the man's (laughs) temple. Because that's what you do when you're you're unsure. Well, now if you're going to... That's just right, like a, right. you're, you're checking his reflexes. It's like when they tip, you right, know, take right. a little ham, rubber hammer and hit yeah. you on the knee. Then he did this another 12 times <laughs> just to thing. be really, really, really sure. Mm. <laughs> well, he later confessed that yeah, afterwards okay. he surveyed his work and said, buddy, you really did it. Do you think he threw his arms and like tore his shirt off like they do in the Olympics? Ran into the living room, slid on his knees. (laughs) You know, he did a fist pump. Yeah. (laughs) Colonel and Timmy and Thad, I'd like to know, do you think there was a psychological reason he went with the ice pick with the man and strangled the women? Well, I mean, I think the, I think the Mm. point, I think he was trying to express himself. And he tried to express himself by cutting off his genitals. And mm-hmm. uh, he didn't get the response that he really wanted. So, <laughs> Which often happens. Yeah. So I think this time, when it came to you know, time for him to express himself, he really wanted to make sure that, you know, he did... He did everything he could to get the. You don't think there was That's a phallic aspect yeah. to this so my, whole my thing because he is... didn't go with the ice pick with the women. He went with the ice pick with the men. And I, I think I think I have a reason. For you know, Shell, strangling mm. someone is very personal. Like it's difficult it's too. Easy. It ain't easy. Oh, no, it, I mean, it takes like five yeah, minutes. Yeah, I mean, it, there's a lot. Someone. But I mean, yeah. you're looking at the person. Mm-hmm. You know, you're watching them die, and I, I think the the hate that he had for these two. That's why he did it that way. The other guy, whatever he had, whatever been a, a wrench or a ball bat, I think he would. I don't think. I don't think there was anything to the ice pick. I think just maybe what he. Why had. did he carry? Sometimes. So what you're saying is, as Freud said, sometimes the sometimes, ice pick like is just the ice pick. That, that strangling yeah. was extremely personal. You know, I, he was being is sexual. So it could be either way, mm. though, right? I'm trying to turn this into something sorted. <laughs> it could be. You know your true crime. You know, you know your criminals. I wonder if he was just frustrated. If he can't, if he was walking over there and he was just, you know, you or know, bearing gifts. Book. Maybe he had a little sculpt of something, and I uh, saw a really, really hot, plump raccoon, like, and realized, shit, I've cut my junk off. Yeah, I can't yeah. bang that raccoon. So now he's all frustrated. That's kind of like the gift of the magi, isn't it, Colonel? I mean, like. <laughs> You cut your junk off, and then the next but day you get this beautiful look, Here's a theory, though. <laughs> yeah. What if it's, it's, Frank had been sleeping yep. in the nude, right? And he saw the penis. Yeah. And he was just driven by jealousy. What if Veronica yeah. and Mary weren't actually, you know, what if he just was like, Arr! it's a theory. I'm just throwing it out there. It's possible. I think it's a possibility. Shelly, I, I, uh, that's very disturbing to me. When you, it, yeah, It's goddamn <laughs> disturbing, to be honest. 
You you ought to, you need to be down at Quantico <laughs> with those other sickos profiling. Yeah, I can tell you exactly what. I don't like the fact that you can tell us what exactly he was yeah. thinking. I don't think I do. Do we? Do you really, have an ice I, pick I at your house? Necessary anymore? Because you got like the I don't know. <sighs> anyway, let me see um, how big your hands are. He. Can you strangle somebody? He, they used he to be. They used to, the term, oh, buddy. Ahead, you really did it. And then he fled by train and spent 80 days working as a bartender in Cleveland because that's what you do after you murder three people. Well, well, yeah. I mean, right. you know, where, where, where else would you go? Well, really. But at least if you ordered a beer, you could get it. You didn't have to stand down there and yell from the other end of the bar all goddamn night because some deaf motherfucker is working at the bar. Cleveland's a good place because in Cleveland, uh, raccoon cloaca is a uh, is a delicacy. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't know what the hell I was going to say. What? But this guy, I mean, you got to feel for this guy a little bit. I mean, he he fell in love with a woman. He wrote her love letters. He sang songs to her. He he did some sculpture of her, and she still rejected him. He cuts his dick off. And what does she do? She goes out and gets married yeah, to someone else. You know, I am never going to be able to listen to Frank Sinatra sing my way without thinking of this yeah. man, Timmy. Uh, it's kind of it, it does regrets. I've had a few. It's kind of heartbreaking, Shelley. It, she was yeah, blowing is, on another man's dice. He's the you victim. You were talking about here. Frank yeah. Sinatra, and I said Ethel was <laughs> blowing that? on another man's dice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. I'm the first one. I'm the first one. Oh, here. I don't. Visual. I mean, it, this is a family. Shelly, try not to. Uh, Shelly, this is a family show. Too far Could you calm yourself down? Yeah. Yeah. Dad, can you do something about that editing? To take out take out some of those references that Shelly keeps throwing out here. My God. Yeah. I, I never knew you. We're, used, that we're used to Brandy, but we ain't used to somebody who crossed those lines. Let me get back to the script then. Let me, let me behave myself yeah. and get back on track. The next day on Easter, <laughs> on Easter could. Sunday. Minus fellatio references. Have you stolen, it? Have you not, stolen no. any garbs? The lately? next day after this, this tragic event was <laughs> Easter know. Sunday, and Mary's ex-husband arrived at the flat for dinner because that's, you know, he was going to have Easter dinner either way. And he, he discovered he the bodies yeah, yeah, of sure. his ex-wife, Mary, and it would, uh, yeah, see, and his you know, younger, just, youngest daughter, Veronica, Easter. as well as Mr. Bird. So, you know. Yeah. And poor Mr. Bird, he didn't even know what the fuck was going on. All he knows, it turns around, someone's right. putting an ice pick in Not his great. fucking ear. Not great. Well, poor police guy. attention. Oh. Yeah. You, so you've only stolen one thing, you say, Shane. Other than men's hearts. <laughs> you going to stick with that? <laughs> oh! Oh! But a boom. Oh. Anyway, oh, um, so police attention. Now I'm blushing because I can't. I, I, anyway, police attention focused initially <laughs> on Mr. Gideon and then on a driver and then on Ronnie's ex husband, you know, when she was 16 to 17. His name was also. Oh, yeah, Ronnie, yeah, right? yeah. His name yeah, was also Robert, and apparently Veronica had written in her diary that 
Bobby was violent and people didn't know if it was Robert Irwin or the ex-husband. Oh. Okay. So you have never stolen anything but a dress in your whole life. At Whole Foods. I actually... Oh, see, now here we no, go. No, no, no. It no, starts no. out Thank like that was the Whole only Foods time I ever in mm-hmm. Yeah. So Whole Foods. I got to hear this story this after. Yeah. Thing that apparently you had to pay $10 for, and then you got to go around and try all the different wines, and they had snacks. I don't usually go to Whole Foods. I'm not a classy girl. I usually go to Costco where they have free samples. So <laughs> breaking news. So I assumed that the snacks with the wine were samples like at Costco. So I helped myself and just got in front of people and took the cheese and the crackers and because I thought that they were free, but no, you you were supposed to pay for it and wait in line. I I didn't do that. No, and no, you was horrified no, just, and snuck out of the store. You didn't pay. You didn't store. buy a ticket. So you stole delicious. cheese. I enjoyed You're it. You're a cheese stealer. I mean, you know, I can see that happening. You would like think you I go would go into a place like a bank. And you know, they're, they're, you yeah. take money. You would think I would have noticed a long line of people in front of the, sam- the tables, but I, I didn't. I didn't notice it. Okay, back to the story. Hmm. That's interesting. That's interesting, uh, Shelley. Is, is this the only other time you stole? We're going to learn more and more as we go along here. You know, she forgets that we, see, when we recorded, it would be late at night. She'd get tired and she'd say, I'm going to tell you about the time I stole a bunch of wine and cheese at Costco or at Whole Foods. And then comes on here thinking that it's a whole new crowd and she could put up this, you know, (laughs) nice innocent girl. When we were doing presidents, I had to get a Johnson joke in there, you know. That was just how it how it went. I get a little punchy at night. Anyway, let's talk about Robert Irwin. So the police, they were all over the place. You know, he he called his. Uh, I did. His I did. I actually jumbo. looked up to see if the term <laughs> yeah. Johnson, you know, for the yeah, was based on him because uh-huh. he would throw uh-huh. his right. stuff out on the table to you know in diplomatic right. meetings and stuff to to yeah. Well, he was actually being questioned by and he, reporters and as to why out. he was bombing. This is why. I believe Laos. Mm-hmm. Can and you imagine if we had Twitter out, back then? it on the table and said, "This is why." <laughs> yep. Okay. Anyway, or he, he apparently had a pretty big one. <laughs> so, unlike our topic here. Anyway, um, the police were all over the place. They didn't know, you know, who the killer was, but. Eventually, they got there, and police attention shifted towards Robert Irwin because a sculpture carefully carved in ivory bath soap was a, was another snake woman resembling oh, Ethel. The, you know the sculpture he had destroyed. So, yeah, and there's kind of got, a scandal around this with Procter and Gamble um, because. Uh, they had soap uh-huh. carving contests, and there is a rumor like that, that uh-huh. they that he Robert Irwin had actually won the Procter and Gamble soap carving contest, and someone recognized they the the carving 
that was found at the scene as being the same guy. And that's uh-huh. how the police knew who it was. But Procter & Gamble paid to keep it quiet because they yeah. didn't want to be associated with him. They also well, realized this may be their guy because while Robert Irwin was in the hospital, he had also sculpted a death mask of Ethel, Veronica's sister. So they were like, hmm, this could be the guy. You know, the the instability of cutting off his own penis may have also been an indication, but you know, I don't know. I mean, what made it really express uh, exceptional, Colonel, was it was liquid soap. Well, <laughs> a, na- a nationwide manhunt Bring for us home, Robert Irwin followed. The crime became known as the Beacon Hill Murders. I feel like they could have come up with a more creative name than that. That seems kind of more vanilla. Yeah. Yeah. And it, too. That is kind of lame. Yeah, it's kind of lame. I think it's a naked the sister and a deaf guy murders. murders. Pretty but cheap murders. The death. The, oh, the <laughs> yeah, murders nobody heard. Um, well, this quickly <laughs> caught the attention of the nation. Unfortunately, it was mostly because of the salacious pictures released of Veronica Gideon rather than the unjust and gruesome nature of her death. Yeah, because she was a model and she had done these, stuff. you know, she'd done the detective magazine. Late- because, Shelley, I don't know if you yeah. know this, but but we, we, we really like to sexualize women in this country. So that doesn't surprise yeah, me. Yeah, I've noticed that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a little, it's yeah. a little secret yeah, we like it's, to keep. It's, it's something I've observed. Um... So everybody's looking for this guy. And in late June, you remember this happened to Easter. We're at late June now. A pantry maid in a Cleveland hotel saw a picture of Robert Irwin in a pulp magazine and noticed a resemblance to a bar hop who had been working at the hotel for a couple of months. And his name was Bob Murray. So she's like, Robert, Bob, hmm. (laughs) Hmm. You know, it's what, you know, and I don't know if you noticed this in, in this country show, but um, some men sexualize raccoons. Well, this guy did. Um, they do. She decided to ask Bob Murray uh, if he, he knew did. anything about Robert Irwin, but he eschewed oh. her attempts to gain information and he cleaned out his locker and he disappeared immediately after. That's not suspicious. That does look uh, sus. Yeah. When they gave a do you, well, now I'd have to go back to the old newspapers. When they gave a description of him, did they say uh five foot nine, about yeah. hundred and forty pounds, no yeah. dick. No penis. Anyway. The next Squats day when he pees. the next day the Chicago Tribune received a call from be someone claiming to be Robert Irwin and offering to surrender <laughs> for a price. I don't really understand that because you're going to jail. This, I mean, <laughs> this is kind of... That seems like a no, bad no, no, plan no, no, to no. me. This is actually a good plan. This guy's smart. This guy's smart. Go ahead, Shelly. <laughs> well, I don't think he played it all out to the end. But the trivia dismissed the call as a prank. The Hearst-owned Chicago Herald Examiner, however, yeah. they saw an opportunity here. They received a similar call, decided to take it seriously, and they made an arrangement for which Robert Irwin would be paid $5,000 for an exclusive story. Then he could surrender. That's a, that's a smart move. I mean, he got he was able to use it to get right. uh, 
After you know, Irwin came the to the newspaper's offices, its city editor and reporters kept him in a room in the Morrison Hotel in Chicago, working on the terms of a confession to the Beekman Hill murders that the newspaper would publish as an exclusive while briefly shielding him from police. The Hearst companies then flew to New York City, where he was turned over to police. At that point, famous New York criminal defense attorney Samuel Leibowitz, who had represented the Scottsboro Boys in Alabama and was reported to have saved 123 murder defendants from the death penalty, appeared as Irwin's attorney. Rob- oh, I don't think he saved the Scottsboro Boys, though, didn't they? Irwin- <laughs> Check that out, Pad. Scottsboro Let's see if I can bring it I think I'm pretty sure that I'm pretty sure that they Robert Irwin had used the $5,000 from the newspaper to hire one of the best defense attorneys in the country. So, you know, he might have been a little smart. You smart guy. Oh, it didn't say he saved him. It just said he represented them. Yeah. There's a, there's a, there's a fine line between representing and saving from the death penalty. Well, I mean, either it. See, that's the way. That's what, it's all in how you word things, right? I represented the Scottsboro, but come on, in Alabama, so <laughs> you know what I mean. I, I don't. I don't. I think they were. I think they were executed. I think the deck was stuck. Yeah, they were. They were. They were executed. But you don't say I saved them. You just say, you know what? I'm famous for representing well, the Scottsboro. Yeah. You know, Scottsboro obviously boys. Robert Irwin, even and, though he uh, was a little on the insane side of things he wasn't stupid i mean clearly yeah, yeah. right no, no, he was. in his published no, I mean. confession robert Irwin stated that he originally intended to kill veronica gideon or i'm sorry he originally intended to kill ethel i thought veronica because that's the one that you would you know he intended to kill ethel Gideon Kuttner because she was the dearest object in the world to him, but that he had accidentally killed the other three instead. Because, oops. Oopsie. Yeah. The trial resulted in a not guilty plea for reason of insanity. I mean, that's legit. The court agreed with the defense that Robert Irwin was most definitely insane. The trial resulted in, oh, I'm sorry. Robert Irwin was sentenced to the Mattawayan, I don't think I'm saying that right, Mattawayan Hospital for the Criminally Insane in Fishkill, New York. He died there of cancer in 1975 after serving nearly 40 years in the institution. For a while. Who, who yeah, names, a, a, who names name. a city Fishkill? Mm-hmm. For a while, nobody was willing to name. rent the apartment where the victims were brutally murdered. However, eventually the superintendent was finally able to lease to a tenant named Sidney Pilly, who stated with quite arrogant bluster that he was not the least bit bothered by the superstitious nonsense of the three people dying there. And then three years later, police burst into the apartment to arrest Pilly on pornography charges. As they walked him out of the apartment, Pilly stated he forgot to turn off the stove. And when they let him go back into the kitchen, he jumped out of the window to his death. After that, no one was willing to take any more chances, and the whole building was torn down in 1960, hopefully 
well, not 1960. It would have to be 1980. Hopefully putting an end to the madness seeping from the walls. Oh, no, it was 1960 because he died in 1955. It's too bad William Irwin did not live by the Horace quote. Anger is a momentary madness, so control your passion or it will control you. Don't lose your head. And I apparently was wrong. Literally. Scott Burrell's mm-hmm. boys were not executed. Glad. One of them was. Mm-hmm. This son of bitches, this lawyer was tenacious to uh-huh. Only one got sentenced to death. And he, so what he are your thoughts on that, Timmy? Forever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, no, Robert on the Scott Burrell's yeah. boys or uh, Robert Irwin. You know, I think he was misunderstood. I think it, he was very passionate and he obviously didn't handle rejection well. Um, <laughs> but you know, he was very committed to, uh, he, you know, he loved hard, hard he and uh, he lived hard. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I, w- I, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't, you know, have relations with the raccoon. And I certainly wouldn't have castrated myself. I mean, I think, you know, you can, you know, there's someone, you know, there's always someone for everybody. So I would have waited for it to get step. But, you know, in the end, he got what he deserved, I guess. What is your final thoughts on Robert Irwin, Shelley? I feel bad for him, but I feel worse. See, I don't think that's true, Colonel. I, I think as soon as we hang up, she won't talk no. about Robert Irwin again. She won't even think about him yeah. again. Now, the only thing I can say about her is is you did read a lot of this script. Um, yes, she did a great job on this Generally, because um, Brandy was not able to make it, we usually give her a lot of the script. Um, and it seems in comparison now, you're a lot, you're a lot, you play a lot more blue than Brandy does. You know, you're racier, you're edgier, you say some things, you cross lines that Brandy d- typically don't. No. Uh, but you seem more literate. No. Is that the right no, word? Not that, I think, I think so. Yeah. I, I disagree. Yeah. I disagree. Um, yeah, that's a that's a thing. So, you know, you know that's the thing I think the show's been missing know, is some leaders. <laughs> I know um, that's everybody's team brain. Don't, don't do that. No, oh, you no know H. Everyone loves your show. I think I think you not remembering the poor bastard who sang out in the rain has probably already got people a little him. turned against I'm you. I'm worrying about all these. Uh, do you, you want know, to know what I find the saddest about the story? When I was doing research on it and I was kind of learning more about it, yeah. there's like nothing about Ethel. And she's the one person who was left and her family, you know, her mom and her sister were killed and she was close to her sister. And I just find it, you know. Yeah, but she got all the jewelry just, and everything. I feel bad so it's for her. Okay. And her yeah, name is ugly, too. <laughs> she's had a bad lot in life, you know? Colonel, dad, what are you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, the only thing I can think of, if I'm, mm-hmm. if I'm cutting off my dick, and I mm-hmm. get about halfway through, mm-hmm. and I realize mm-hmm. I've made a bad decision, yeah, there's no going you, back. Right, what do you do? Do you just do you, do you keep going and just... Or Super glue. Get some, get some of that crazy. It's like glue. that liquid bandage, you know. Mm. I also want to know though, this the guy liquid who was arrested. Stuff. On, the liquid bandage. Sorry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's good too. 
that's good too. I just want to know this guy at the end who, when yeah. he was arrested on pornography charges, like, what what exactly was he arrested for? They caught him rubbing off. Thad. Is that what it rubbing was? Rubbing off. That, that, no that's a crime. On what, God damn. What happened? But he obviously it was so shameful mm-hmm. that he found it necessary to instead of just going to the police department and saying, "Hey, yeah, you know," he instead. Well, think about the time. I don't know what pornography. I mean, I think he's got a legitimate. I mean, all he would have to do is pull down his pants and say, "Look, yeah, you know, I'm I not." Just, I feel off like anything. that was an Wasn't me. Wasn't me. Wasn't me. There had to be more to the story. Don't look that at we're me. Not hearing, you know, but really, that was just an addendum because it was interesting. But yeah, good question. Hmm. It's theater of the mind, right? The audience right. can, can fill their in their own blanks. You know, they can. Well, Shelly, thank you for joining us today. Yeah. Colonel, what's final thoughts? Oh, 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 I don't get to have an opinion on this? <laughs> I mean, thoughts. <laughs> what's your final thought, Colonel? <clears throat> well, deep thoughts, yeah. Timmy. Here's what I think, Timmy. I think the poor man, and really, I believe he was a man two, three hundred years ahead of his time. Because if men are going to evolve, Timmy. Yeah. We have to, you know, I, I, I say this because it's a double-edged sword. You know, pretty much my penis has got me where I am in yeah. life, you yeah. know. So I would never cut it off. I mean, I've got it insured by Lloyds of London. Mm-hmm. But when I think about the man I am to mm-hmm. me, the greatness that I could achieve, yeah. the thing that's really standing between me and really, world domination, yeah. Timmy, is my penis. Yeah. Is my penis. Because, you know, you get, you start to formulate a plan, mm-hmm. right? You got the plan. You got nine of the ten pieces right in there. And a girl with big boobs pops, walks right by you, and you you just lost. You can't, you, you don't. You know, that's the crazy thing about this case is the dude, had already cut his junk off. You think by then he was like, okay, I don't need you anymore. Right. I mean, what's he going to do with her anyway? It's a lesson on commitment. We can all learn to be more committed. um, There you go. He he definitely is committed a couple times. He committed as Robert (laughs) Yes. He went all in. All in, Colonel. Yeah. All I'm saying is if you will never hear in my bathroom a chainsaw start up and say, this is the end of it. I'm done with you. I just think, did they, who cleaned the bathroom? Like, I would think that is, you know, that Mary Gideon would have been pissed off. I mean, it's, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how the son bitch didn't bleed out. He had to be a skilled surgeon to cut off his penis and test. Well, now I, you have to keep I have it. You have off. to keep it elevated. I think after you do that, <laughs> you can you can cut off your testicles actually because I've done it to pigs. He was an, you can cut he was off your art- testicles with very little blood. Uh-huh. You can't cut off a penis because with pigs you just squeeze the sac real yeah. hard. The testicles come up. You make a little slit. They pop out. You cut the cords. Throw them on the ground. The other pigs eat them. You drop them, they go about their business. They're not really caring. They're going to find some corn somewhere. Right. And uh, 
I wonder if he gained weight after he cut off. That's the problem. Because you're you're eating a lot more, I would think. Right. I mean, what else you got to do? Binge things. They didn't have Netflix. Um, <laughs> they did not have Netflix. But how do you cut off your penis without bleeding out? That's he what I want to know. kind of an artsy, it's fartsy a question guy. for another day, um, Colonel. He was kind. He was. Could kind you of an research that for us? So it's, Please it's do. Possible that there wasn't a whole lot to cut off. I'm just. Yeah. <laughs> it might be. Yeah, you might. Yeah, I mean, at least you know you don't have to fear inferior. Well, I guess. it was you a might, pleasure you know. to be here with all of you. Well. Thank you, Shelly. Thank you, Thad. You have much more chance of bleeding out to me if you cut off an erect penis. Cut off a flaccid penis, you got a good chance of surviving it. Well, I'll keep that in mind, Colonel. Yeah. Uh, You know, these are some of, you know, things you have to remember. I mean, it's not, you know, I would imagine it's harder. Okay. Thank you all for joining us, and we'll see you next time on History Dweebs. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Hold on, let me just say something. This story better fucking go somewhere. I'm just going to say that right now. Two of them ain't mine. You can put those to sleep. I don't give a fuck. I enjoy the sounds that men make whenever things like that come up. Like, everyone is just like, oh, oh. And I'm just sitting here like, hmm. All I can say to that, to me, is that fucking stuffed animals is a crime. Bo would be an Alcatraz. It's like that. We're like that minute or 20 seconds right before you climax. Just can't reach over and grab that sock in time, Colonel. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.